Come on, let's give it up for our band. Don't they do a great job every week? I mean, they just... For all of you who got an epileptic seizure there because of the lights, we apologize. That's the first time we've ever done that. We, we, we just want to see what would happen. So if that happened to you, uh, I, just, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. Uh, but we just had to give it a shot. So, uh, man, I am so excited for this weekend. This is the first weekend of two services for us, man. I'm just pumped about what God is doing at our church. And by the way, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And so on behalf of myself and my wife, we want to thank you guys for coming and being a part of our services this week. We're kicking off uh, a brand new series called Upgrade, taking your life to the next level. And this is what I know about this series is that anytime you can put Beyonce music to something, it makes everything better. Can I get an amen? That's what I'm talking about. And so, you know, just that right there is going to be a good service. I can, I can just feel it inside that God wants to do something amazing in each and every one of our lives here today. And I'm believing God is going to upgrade a lot of our lives. Because don't we all want some upgrades in life? Come on. Come on. Raise your hand if you want an upgrade. You all know you want an upgrade. So if your hand isn't up, you're just a liar. Come on now. You know you want your life to be better. You want different things. We all want more stuff in life. I mean, isn't that always the case? I, in fact, this past week, I was reflecting on my life a little bit. And I remember when I was young, my mom had a 1977 Chevy Caprice. Now, if, if you've never seen a 1977 Chevy Caprice, it was what we would term today a hoopty. And so... Um, you know, it's one of those big old cars, two doors, just enormous. It's what uh, a lot of people would put like 22s or 24s on now, riding up high and stuff. You know, you see them around town. And the cool thing about that back in those days is, is inside of that car, my mom had this thing called an A-Track. Does anybody remember an A-Track? Yeah. We just, all the people that are like 20 and under are like, we don't have any idea what you're talking about. He just went to a whole nother level right there. And so, you know, we had an A-track and I can remember my mom loved Kenny Rogers. And so we'd have like Kenny Rogers playing in there. You know, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You know, that whole thing. I mean, it was just amazing. And so I learned how to play cards at like three because of that. And it was, it was just awesome. But eventually something happened. There was a new invention and it was called the tape, right? And, and all of a sudden we have cassette players and nobody wanted an A-track anymore. We wanted an upgrade to a cassette player. And so, you know, and, and does everybody remember when the Sony Walkman came out? It like revolutionized life. You know, you'd have this big old thing on your hip. You'd have some big old earphones and you'd be busting out to like Michael Jackson, just beat it, beat it, ah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I remember as a kid, you know, having the glove, the bedazzled glove and the, the red leather jacket and, you know, doing all the dances and, and listening to it on my Walkman. And I just thought it was like, that was like the coolest thing. And everybody had to have a Walkman because we wanted an upgrade. And then in the late to 80s to early 90s, there was this new thing that came out that revolutionized music at the time. It was called the CD. And all of a sudden, everybody had to have the CD players and Sony came out with the Discman that you could wear, except it like didn't really work that well because you'd, you'd start running and all of a sudden it'd be like, beat it, you know, and it'd skip over things because, you know, it wasn't supposed to be ran with. It wasn't that great of an invention. But we always wanted an upgrade and pretty soon like the iPod came out and remember the first iPod, it was like enormous. It was like wearing a brick and you, but you had to have it because we always want something more in life. We always want our life to go to the next thing. We want the next best thing. We want the next greatest thing. And we're always looking for those things in life. But the problem is, is sometimes we lose perspective in life and we think it's always about the next thing. It's always about the next thing that I can acquire. It's always about the next achievement I can get. And we forget that our life 
is not infinite. It's going to end at some point. And we cannot continue to run after things. We cannot continue to run after every single thing out there because the reality is, is our time here on earth is very limited. And we've got to recognize that because we have a limited amount of time that we've got to make the most of our lives. Because unless the Lord returns here in the next little bit, you know, we're all going to die. That is the one reality that we all can say, like, this is eventually going to happen in my life. In fact, I, I was doing some research this, this, this week, and I found out that I'm going to die on September 23rd, 2063. That's the exact date. In fact, it's got seconds counting it down. It's, it's on this website called deathclock.com. So if you're interested about when you're going to die, you can go there and type in some information. You know, they ask you, like, how old you are, how much you weigh, if you're optimistic or pessimistic. You know, if you've ever rode, rode a bull named Fu Manchu. You know, all these things play into how long you're going to live. And so they said, you know, you're, you, you basically, you're going to live 89 years. It's, it's going to be a good life for you. Um, but, you know, you're going to be destined to die. And Hebrews says this. In verse 9, or chapter 9, verse 27, it says, Man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. The truth is, is it can happen to any of us at any time. And we all want to upgrade our lives. We all want more stuff. In fact, the majority of us this year, we set out and said, Man, I want something amazing to happen this year. And said, you set some, some New Year's resolutions or you set some goals for this year and you put some things out there, man, I want to lose 30 pounds this year and, and I'm going to eat better and I'm going to work out. And day five, that diet and that workout plan was out the window. You know, you set up and said, man, I want to, I want to further my career. And you started doing some, a little bit of studying and seeing what that would take. And you said, man, that's just too hard. And, and all of a sudden those goals got pushed back. And I don't want this to be just another year that we go through life and we go around the circle and nothing ever changes. I believe that God truly wants to upgrade our life, that God wants to do something incredible in our lives. He wants to take our life to what I call an HNL, a whole nother level. We just got to get ready for that thing. But the problem is that so many times we're so focused on looking to the future that we forget about what God wants to do today. And so the question that I want us to all ask ourselves is how do we decide what is really important in life? How do we really make significant changes and upgrade our life this year? And the answer that I believe that all of us have to come to is we got to live like we don't know when tomorrow when tomorrow's going to come and that's going to be the end of our life. We got to live like today is the only thing that we get. And if we start changing our perspective and start realizing that today is the only thing that we get, then our lives will start to transform and we'll start to look at situations differently and we'll start to look at life differently. In fact, David prayed this prayer and he says in Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5, he says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. And this, this message this week was really birthed out of a, um, a friendship that I have with a, with, a, with a lady that just kind of shocked my life. Her name is April, and uh, she's a good friend of, of my wife's and mine. And um, she's actually been here, and she's led worship at our church. And just a little, just a couple of months back, she, at age 36, was diagnosed with cancer. And you think to yourself, man, no 36-year-old should have cancer. I mean, that's like way, 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 way too young. You know, you think of like a 60-year or 70-year-old. They're, they're, they're the ones that get cancer, not somebody that's that age. And, and, 
seeing what was happening in her life just shocked my world. And so I asked her if she would share a little bit. And so I want you guys to take a look at the screen and let her share a little bit of her story. Um, November 18th, I was diagnosed with stage two, well, at the time it was stage one breast cancer. The prognosis is still fantastic and I um, will be starting my chemotherapy in two weeks. Um, it was really shocking. Um, I was by myself when I found the lump. Um, my husband was out of town on a hunting trip and my parents weren't around and I mean it was literally midnight one evening when I found it and I got to the doctor within 12 hours from the time I found this lump and he said oh I'm sure it's nothing I'm sure it's nothing you're too young you're too young and but let's check it out just to be on the safe side so I went through multiple you know testing and x-rays and ultrasounds and all of that and then um, was told it's just a cyst and I thought oh praise the Lord hallelujah it's just a cyst it's not a big deal and went to have the cyst removed and the doctor said well may not be just a cyst it is kind of looking more like a mass I think that this is probably going to be that moment in my life where everything got flipped upside down and how it's defining my faith is that I look at the whole thing as it's completely miraculous and no God didn't heal me supernaturally November 18th, I was diagnosed with, like, my faith has grown tremendously because I've asked him to do stuff, and he's been doing it. And it may not be the way we wish or we hope or we pray that he's going to do it, but at the end of every week or the end of every day, I can turn around and say, oh, yeah, he was there, he did that may not have been the way I wanted it to happen, but he was there and I'm still standing and I'm stronger for it. Then I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, maybe I am strong enough and maybe this is my opportunity or God's opportunity to show me, look what you can do through me or look what I can do through you, rather. You know what I mean? And so, Philippians 4.13, every day. I can do all things, all things. I can be a cancer. Like. The thing that uh, she said in that video that, that really got me when we were just sitting there, I was just having a conversation with her and we just recorded it. And uh, the thing that got me is she said, this is gonna be a, a day that I'm gonna turn around and it's going to change everything. And, and my hope for people is that you don't have to get to that point to have a turnaround in life. That you don't have to get to that point where you all of a sudden say things have got to be different. That before we ever get to that point, we can realize that God wants to do something miraculous in our lives. 
that there needs to be some things that we need to recognize that he would have some turning points that he wants to utilize within our lives so he can help us to become the person that he created us to be. And, and, and one of the things that, uh, before we jump into those, it says in James 4, 13 through 17, it says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are amidst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such, evil bo- all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. And God's word is challenging us here, right here to realize that our time on this earth is brief. That our opportunities for God to do amazing things in our lives, for us to be used to do amazing things through the power of Christ that work within us, is such a brief amount of time. And there are three things that I believe that you and I, we should do if we're going to see our lives upgraded this year. If we're going to see our lives go to a whole nother level, if we're going to take our life to the next level, there are some things that we should do. And the first thing that we should do is we should should turn the whens into nows in life. We should turn the whens into nows because so many times we live with the whole idea of when this happens, then I'm going to do this. When uh, I get married, then I'm going to be happy. When I have financial security, then I'll have enough time for my family. When, um, you know, I, I have the career that I've always wanted, then I'll make time for my kids. And we go through life and we're always saying, when this happens, then I'll go and do this. And we miss out on the things that God wants to do in our lives right now because we're so busy living in the future that we miss the present. We miss out on what God wants to do in our lives today and, and not... And it's so easy to get in this mentality. It's so easy to look past today and not realize the things that God wants to do in and through your life today because you're so pushing off today for tomorrow. And we all have this, this mentality. I mean, when just a, a little over a year and a half ago, our church was just barely... I would say it's maybe 75 people. We would tell people it's 100 people because it just sounds better. You know, anytime you can, we were, we were evangelistic in that. Um, and so, you know, we would be like, oh, man, we had like 100 people once. And so, man, we have 100 people, even though like 75 people were only showing up. That's how pastors work. I'm just, I'm admitting it. You can forgive me later, whatever. Um, and so, and at the time, you know, I really felt like God was telling me, we, we've done a lot of outreach to this community called Collier City that's right here in Pompano Beach, just right around the corner from us. And I, we were out there one Saturday doing an outreach there, and I just saw all these kids that were just running around this community. And I saw them without any parents, without, any, without anybody out there supervising them. And I started thinking about it. Man, they're getting ready to go back to school this year. And I bet just by the living conditions here that most of them are going to go to school, and they're not going to have a backpack, and they're not going to have any school supplies. And I thought to myself, man, someday when we get to be a big church, we're going to give all these kids a backpack. And I started getting into this mentality of like, someday when this happens, then we'll do something. And God, I was, I was actually in South Carolina a little bit later that week, and God just came to me and said, why are you always living in the future instead of living today? He said, there's only like 750 to 1,000 kids in that community. Why can't you do something? And so within like a three days notice, I called up some friends and I said, man, we're going to figure out some way to get these backpacks for these kids. I don't know how. I don't know really what we're going to do. Anybody have any ideas? And, and, and one guy was like, I figured that we can get you a 7-Eleven corner. I was like, can somebody find me a 50-foot lift? 
And, uh, and so he called up some friends, and he's like, hey, I got a lift. I was like, can we get the city of Coconut Creek to approve anything that we do? And uh, he's like, I know somebody will bribe them. I, I was like, whatever, I don't even want to know how you're going to do that. And so lo and behold, we get like a permit to do this thing. Actually, we got a permit for something totally different. We just used it for this. And, uh, and so, <laughs> man, there's a lot of confession going on. Good for the soul, bad for character. Uh, but, uh, and so we're like, okay, here's the idea. I'm going to go up in a 50-foot lift, and we're going to put some big banners on it, and we're going to say, I'm not going to come down until we raise 1,000 backpacks for kids. Does that sound like a good idea? People are like, you're stupid. Okay, yes, I, that's, that's, that's correct. But do you think we can do this? Um, and, so, and so we just said, hey, we're going to do it. And uh, within 56 hours, we'd raised almost 1,700 backpacks with school supplies because we decided not to live in the when, then, then mentality. We started saying, instead of when, we're going to live in now. And we believe that our God is bigger, that our God is stronger, and our God is greater than anything that we can ask or imagine. And if we will start living in today, then God will do some greater things in our lives. And for you out there today, maybe you're living in the when, then, then mentality. When I find that, that future boyfriend, then I'll start to really serve God because I'll know he's going to meet my needs. No, God is saying, man, start trusting me now, and I'll bring you that right now. We need to start switching that mentality of when this is going to happen, then that's going to take place. Because it's so hard for us, especially us that are goal-oriented, because we're always looking in the future. We're always like, man, I want to achieve that. I want to do that. And God is saying, don't miss out on what I want to do in your life today. No matter where you are, make sure that you are all in in that place. That you're saying, man, I'm not always looking for tomorrow. God, I'm looking for what you want to do here today in my life. What do you want to do today? And I love what, what Psalms 118.24 is. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. It's not, it's not tomorrow that David's talking about. He's saying, today, this day is the Lord that is made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He's saying, live in this moment, this day. God has got some incredible things for you today if you will stop looking everywhere else for those things and start looking for what he wants to do in, in your heart and in your life today. And it goes on to say in Proverbs 27.1, it says, Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. We can't continue to live in the when and then. We've got to turn our whens into nows. And we've got to seize that day. We've got to seize the moment. We've got to live with the mentality of carpe diem. Seize the freaking day. Live in today. Don't live in the, in the past. Let me just say this right now, and this isn't even part of it. Some of you guys are living in your past. You're so busy worrying about yesterday that you can't see today. And it's time to let go of those hurts. It's time to let go of those pains. It's time to let, forgive that person. It's time to, to step out of yesterday and live in today. Because God has got something great for your life, but you've got to let go. And I don't know who that's for, but somebody in here, you've been dealing with yesterday for far too long. And God didn't put a rearview mirror in your, in your car so that you could drive with it. He put it there so you could glance back every once in a while to make sure you don't hit that thing again. And it's time for you to stop trying to, trying to back your car up through life because you can't go anywhere with, like that. And so we got to turn our, our wins into now. The second thing that I think that we all need to do is we need to turn intentions into actions. We need to turn intentions into actions because most of us have some super awesome intentions that we never live up to. We never live up to them. In James 4, 17, it says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Anyone who, who knows what they should be doing and they don't do it, sins. Some pretty strong words. It, it doesn't say like, hey, you messed up. It says, you sin. And uh, what are some good intentions that you 
that you haven't been doing in your life that you know you should be doing. Maybe it's, it's forgiving that person. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to the gym and, and losing some weight. Maybe it's working on your marriage. Maybe it's, it's focusing on your family instead of your career. What are the good intentions that you've been putting off that you should be putting into actions today? Maybe it's you're supposed to be helping out that coworker that's, that's going through a rough time right now and you just seem to push them off. Maybe it's something more spiritual than that. Maybe it's, maybe it's God's been dealing with the whole thing that Blake was talking about, trusting God with your finances and God's been tugging at your heart and you're like, man, God, I just don't know. What are the intentions that you need to put into actions today? And I know that for me, this is, this is a tough one. Man, I grew up and I played high school football. In fact, our, our football team was, was back-to-back state champions. We went to Southeast High School in Bradenton, Florida, and, and we had one of the best football teams in the state. I mean, I played with guys like Peter Warwick, and, and so we had some incredible things. And, and I was an athlete. I mean, I was used to being a guy that was in really good shape. And in fact, I had a Division II football scholarship. And so, man, I was, I was always a health kind of nut person. And, and then all of a sudden, I found my beautiful bride, Shayla, and I got married, and, and this whole athletic thing kind of went to the wayside. I went from being 175 pounds to over 260 pounds in less than a year. And for the next eight years, I lived in that mentality, and I said, you know what, someday I'm going to start working out. Someday I'm going to start eating better. Someday I'm going to do that. I had the greatest intentions. I was like, man, I want to be healthy. I want to do that. But it wasn't until I got up here one Sunday, and I was supposed to talk about health, that God started convicting me about, why are you telling people to be healthy when you're a fat slob? It's funny now, yeah, because I've lost 50 pounds since then. I can say that because instead of it just being good intentions, all of a sudden it said, you know what, it's time for you to do something in your life. It's time to start, stop putting off for tomorrow what you should be doing today because there's some actions you need to be taking in your life today that God wants you to stop saying tomorrow that's going to work out or, man, that sounds like a good idea. Today is the, the day that that idea needs to come into play. Never let, this is, this is a statement from, from one of my mentors. He says, never let good go undone. Never let an opportunity pass you by. You've got to turn intentions into actions. In Proverbs 3.27, it says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it is in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, Come back later. I will give it tomorrow when you have it now with you. And so I think there's some good things that we should all be doing in our lives that, that probably are good intentions that rarely ever happen. One of the things that I believe that we should all do is we should all be focusing on prayer. We should all be focusing on prayer. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. This is what I know about prayer. Prayer changes things. It's an opportunity for us to connect with our Creator, and especially as we're going into a new year and we're trying to figure out, what does my life look like, God? What do you want me to do? What intentions do you want me to turn into actions? How do you want me to turn those whens into nows? God, why don't you speak to me? You know the best way to do that is you talk to Him. And then you turn around and listen. And this is what I know. As we talk and we listen to God, God does something incredible in our lives. It's called this thing called faith that he starts to build within us. And when we start to have a belief, belief always dictates action in our life. If I believe in something, my actions follow it. Isn't that true for you? Man, if I believe that that living healthy is is the only way to live and I preach that and I talk about it, then the reality is is I'm probably going to be running. I'm probably going to be eating better. I'm probably going to be doing those things to make sure that my, my beliefs line up with my actions. Otherwise, I'm just full of crap. 
And so many of us have got to realize that, that, man, when we start seeking God out and we start going after him, all of a sudden he starts building faith within us, and that helps us to step out and walk out those things, which is what he wants us to do. He doesn't want us to just do it blindly. He wants to inspire us. He wants to build that, that muscle within us so that we can say, you know what, I got this, God. I got this because you've told me I've got this, and I'm going to walk this thing out. It's one of the reasons why we give you the word for you today, devotionals every three months, and we put them out on the table because we want you seeking after God. We want you knowing the heart of God so that you can be talking to him, so you can be discovering the things that he wants to do in your life. And so we need to, we need to be intentional about seeking God in prayer and focusing on that. The other thing that, that we need to do is we need to focus on people. The, it said in 1 Peter 4, 7, the end is near. It goes on to say, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. God is, is so clear on this, man. It's, it's not just about seeking me. It's about who are the people around me that I can impact this year? How do I turn those intentions into actions? Exactly what we were talking about. Who is that person that I need to go forgive in my life? Who is that person that I need to go build a relationship in my life with? Who is that person that I need to be seeking out that can mentor me in my life? Because here's the thing. God wants to do something incredible in your life. And this is what I know about you. The people you surround yourself with are the people you're going to be like in five years. And so if you don't like your surroundings right now, look for some people that want to, where you want to be and start hanging out with them. It's one of the reasons we talk so highly about small groups here, about getting connected in relationship with other people. Because if you're surrounded by people that are going after God, you know what's going to happen to you in your life? You're going to be going after God. Instead of sitting in the same place that you've been sitting for the last five years, all of a sudden you can turn that train around and start heading in the right direction. But it starts with, with turning those intentions like, oh, I should do a small group. That sounds like a good idea. But you walk by the tables and you don't sign up. Or you go to the web and you read through the descriptions. You're like, ah, oh, maybe next semester. Don't miss out on today what God wants to do through you in people's lives and how people are going to affect your life this year. And we also, we need to focus on our purpose this year. We need to turn intentions into actions, and we need to focus on our purpose. Because this is what I know about each one of us. God has an unbelievable purpose and plan for our lives, but most of us have no clue what that is. Most of us have no clue what that is. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Make this the year that you determine, God, what, no matter what else I do, I'm going to seek out what you've got planned for my life. And this is what I know about God's plan for your life. It always starts with you serving somebody else. It's never about you and it being selfish. God's plan for every single one of our lives is how can I use your life to impact others? How can I use your life to serve others? How can I use your life to change others? And God, more than anything else, it means that we've got to get out of our box. We've got to get outside of ourselves and say, God, how do you want to use me? Because so many of us are neglecting the gifts that God has given us. And you know what your gifts are because you look around and when you do things, they come easy to you. And everybody else is saying, man, I don't know how you do that. That's so hard to me. That's your gift. That's what God has equipped you with. And he's saying, I want to utilize those things to do great things for my kingdom. But instead, we neglect those things and we say, oh, man, God can't use that. He doesn't have any purpose for that. Let me just tell you something. God wants to use whatever you've got. 
God wants to use whatever you got. If you think you have no gifts, come talk to me. I'll give you a gift. Because I'm telling you, every single one of you has a gift. See, you just laughed right there. You can bring joy to somebody's life. That could be your gift. You don't even recognize the gifts that are within you. But God has got a great purpose and a great plan for your life. And he's saying, listen, don't continue to live with intentions. Live with action. Live with action. Take action this year. Don't let today pass by without doing something to look more and more like me. The third thing that I think we all need to do this year is is we need to turn our whole hearts towards Jesus. The most important thing out of them all is we got to turn our whole hearts towards Jesus because so many people do the God thing halfway. God, man, I'm just going to go a little bit in. It's a lot like going to the doctor and getting a flu shot. Why do you go to the doctor and get a flu shot? What do they do? They give you just enough of the flu that you become immune to it, right? So that you don't get that. And so many times what happens is we get just enough of God that we become immune to. And we get just enough prayer. We get just enough Bible. We get just enough spirituality that all of a sudden we become immune to it and we're living halfway. And Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could live halfway for him. Jesus didn't die so he could be Lord of some. Jesus died so he could be Lord of all. And this year, instead of living halfway with Christ, we need to go all in and go all the way with God. The best resolution you can make this year is, God, I'm going to give you everything in my life. I'm going to make it all about you. This year, my life is not my own. My life is yours. But so many times we're like the guy in the Bible that that approached Jesus in Mark chapter 12. And and he said, Jesus, what do I have to do to to inherit eternal life? And he said, man, do you love God? Do you do do all these things? Do you love your neighbors? And, And the guy's like, man, I do all of that. And Jesus looked at him and said, man, that's awesome. But he also recognized something in this guy. He recognized that there was still something missing. And in Mark 12, 34, he says, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. He said, you're not far. He says, man, you are so close to, to living in your potential. You're so close to living in your purpose. You're so close to knowing me like you've never known me. But you're not far from the kingdom of God. You're just missing a little bit of something. Now, I want you guys to, April's going to finish her story here. And I want you guys to take a look at the rest of her story. As far as, I mean, I've always been very upbeat and positive. Um, If anything, I think I'm more upbeat and more positive. Well, he's got it all under control. There's nothing I can do or say or change or fix. So I just... I just have laid it all out there for him. And it's like, okay, God, you are allowing this to happen for a reason. And I'm not going to interfere. I'm not going to be the control freak that I normally am and try to fix it and try to do this and try to do this. Um, I'm just going to be and let you be and let you be all I need, really. I don't want it just to be, oh, that's April Floria. She's the wife of so-and-so and and the mom of so-and-so. I want to, I want to do something awesome and something great. I don't want this to be for nothing. 
kind of like you've been, you've definitely been given a second opportunity. Not that you messed up the first time, but it's kind of a wake up call of, make sure you do it right from now on. Speak into the people around you. Share. Tell about the great things God's doing for you. As you're going through this hard time, be light, be positive. Show God's love, show Christ. And don't take life for granted. I think that's the most critical thing that she said there is don't take life for granted. She turned her whole life to Christ and she said, you know what, God, I'm not going to take life for granted anymore. Even though we have done all these things, you know, so many times in our conversation, she's like, I've, I've just taken things for granted for, from laying down to reading and praying with my kids at night to sitting out back holding my husband's hands. I don't want to take it for granted. I'm going to give it all and live it all for Jesus this year. And my prayer for all of us today is this. It's in Psalms 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain of heart a wisdom. And I think a response for all of us, the wise response would be for us is, this year, don't turn over a new leaf. Don't turn over a new leaf. I know that's so opposite of what everybody would normally say, but... The reality is, is don't just try something again. Don't just make a resolution that you're going to break. It's time for us to turn over a new life. That is the reality is we need to let God do a revolution within us. And that takes us giving our whole lives to him and saying, God, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, man, I'm going to trust you. And I know that you've got a plan in my life. You're going to turn my wins into now. God, you're going to turn my intentions into actions. I'm going to follow you. And don't wait for tomorrow, but do it now. But do it now. Don't let another day pass you by. Because remember, our life is brief. 36 years old. Thought it was just going to be a cyst. It ended up being a stage two or three cancer. You want to upgrade your life? Man, take the God plunge. Not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly with everything that you have, and watch God do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine today. Let's pray. God, we just come before you, and we just thank you for what an amazing God you are. God, I thank you that, that you've, maybe we haven't experienced the same things that April have. God, I pray that we never have to experience those things that we never have to be at that extreme to where we have to make some changes in life based on perspective. But I have, a, I have an, a, a, an assumption here that probably if, if you and I were to examine our lives, if we were really honest, that a lot of us would recognize that we're not doing what we should be doing. We'd recognize that, that we're We've been waiting until, waiting until later, waiting for that time to change, rather than trusting God fully and completely and allowing Him to change it. 
And my question for all of us with every head bowed and every eye closed is, if you were to face God right now, where would you be? Where would you be? Maybe you've had a little bit of Jesus, but it's not been all the way. Some of you are not far away, but you're still away. And then there's some of you guys that are, you're just away and you know you're away. And Jesus is saying today, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. And if you're out there today and you say, man, I'm one of those people and I want to come back to Jesus today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up real quick, real quick. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Anybody else? Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't say some, some other time I'll do that some other place. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I want you to pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. God, I just come to you. And I thank you for what your love and your grace did when you sent your son Jesus 2,000 years ago to die on the cross. And I realize that there's, there's a void between my life and, and his life. And, and God, I would have filled that void today. I re- recognize that his death for my sins and his resurrection paid the price so that I could have that life. And today I accept that life, God. I don't just make you Lord of some, God. I truly make you Lord of all today. Come and fill my life. God, come and take over my life. God, help me to turn my whens into nows. And God, help me to turn my intentions into actions today. God, and more than anything, help me to live wholeheartedly with everything that I have for you. God, thank you for meeting me right now in this place. God, I pray that you just sweep over those people. God, and you, you just overwhelm them with your love and with your grace. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.